so many women have um, come in under the false impression that um, you need to be smart to get into tech. You need to know maths. You need to those sciences you don't need to be all of those things all you need to do is just have drive it yeah. takes it does take a lot of you know education and studying and prepping up your skills but like anything else you know once you're trained for it you can do it talent is equally distributed opportunity is not is one of the phrases I find most helpful when thinking about diversity in the workplace. Being a successful white woman doesn't mean my career successes have come easy, but it does mean that the colour of my skin hasn't made it even harder. Sometimes when we talk about women in the workplace, we overlook the inequity within gender inequity. Intersectionality matters, and the numbers speak for themselves. Just 5% of leadership positions in UK tech are held by women, and only 2% of the entire tech workforce is black. The number of black women in tech is so small, I couldn't even find a percentage for it. The opportunity to give up the fight for equality is a privilege that no one should ever take, which is why this episode of Courage is Contagious aims to help us all improve our understanding and what we must do better to support black women at work. I'm so pleased today to be talking to Perla Gucci, who is a QA engineering lead here at Meta, and what a role model she is. She founded the Black Women in Tech Facebook group, which has almost 13,000 members. She's a mum of three, including a pair of twins, and she co-founded Meta UK's Disability Act group as she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at the young age of just 17. Welcome, Pearl. So let's start with winding back to the chat that we had um, before this session, because we started to talk about labels. So I'm 50, I've never been married, I'm child free. So I have all the labels like being a spinster or being a single woman that can sometimes be quite loaded. And I got quite self-conscious about labels. Um, but you had a fantastic perspective um, on that. So let's start with your perspective on labels and, and how actually you kind of totally changed my thinking on it. Right. Um, I think that having labels doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, we are individuals who have got unique experiences in this life and our experiences tend to um, can influence who we become. And I think that labels are a way of telling others what you've been through in this life. Um, and I think that they should be celebrated. Um, for example, I'm a black woman, I'm also disabled, and I feel like my experiences of this, this disease that you mentioned uh, earlier has changed my whole outlook on life. I feel like it's made me who I am today. And sometimes some people ask me if I had to go back and change anything would i want to like go through this whole experience of having this disease and living through it and i say no i wouldn't change a thing because it's made me who i am and if i didn't have this i don't know who i would be and i i don't even know if i would like who i would be so i think i'm perfectly fine as i am so celebrate me celebrate my my experiences rather yeah I, it's that point, isn't it, that intersectionality really matters. And I, I used to get quite stuck on the fact that 
I look forward to the day when there are no women leaders and there are just leaders. But actually, I then changed my thinking on that after we were chatting and I thought, no, actually, we, we really must celebrate that there's lots of stuff that unites us as women, but there's lots of things that makes us unique and there's no such thing as like the typical woman. And that's, that's, and that's, and that's brilliant. So um, as we mentioned in the intro, you founded this, this great group, um, Black Women in Tech on Facebook. Um, and I, I loved a recent comment that was in there, which was a woman who had been a teacher, had gone in only five months to get a job at Microsoft, which is fantastic because that's such a shift in careers, right? And um, she talked about how the community had helped her prep her for interviews, prep her for a training, what she needed to learn about. It embodied to me how communities come together, how we really do rise by lifting others. And I, I know that everyone is very well intended in how we increase diversity in the workplace. You know, no one, I believe, I would hope, ever comes to work setting out not to be inclusive. But the numbers aren't really changing that much. We're not seeing the numbers in terms of representation really move on the dial. So I just would love to get your thoughts on how how you can develop or how you as a manager um, and, and for other managers watching this to think about how we can develop talent pipelines for young black women and give them the ambition to even want to come and work and have a career in technology or other industries. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny you should mention that 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 experience of that lady. I mean, uh, we've had so many people go through similar experiences in the group. And one of the highlights is, you know, having someone post about like, you know, how they've just made it that they're, oh, they just make a post and say something like, hey, ladies, I'm now a black woman in tech. And it's like, yay, everyone jumps and shouts, which is, which is a really- It's a real really community. Amazing. It's wonderful. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um, go, going back to your question, um, I, I would say like the, the best thing to do is keep an open mind um, as a manager or as a recruiter. Um, it's important that when you are interviewing or when you're looking at CVs or interviewing folks, you should keep an open mind and check your check your biases, like whether we like it or not, everyone, everyone on the planet has some sort of bias against somebody else that is not like them. Right. And um, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just who we are. It's the human condition. But it's important that employers recognize these biases. Um, we all want to, you know, um, hang out with or work with people who are like us. But in the long run, this is not so it's been proven over and over again that this is not beneficial for businesses. Um, the, the, the most successful businesses have people who are different, who Absolutely. come together yeah. and build products from, you know, putting in different diverse perspectives. And we need we need this to be reflected in the work, workforce. So when you are interviewing, check those biases. And I'll give a very good example, like again, bringing the group back into focus. Um, so many women who have joined that group have, have um, come in under the false impression that um, you need to be smart to get into tech. You need to know maths, you need to, those sciences and all of that and they've been shocked at what it takes to you know get a a, a job or a role within tech um you don't need to be all of those things all you need to do is just have drive it yeah. takes it does take a lot of you know education and studying and prepping up your skills but like anything else you know once you're trained for it you can do it 
you know. So this is the misconception that a lot of people from disadvantaged backgrounds have. And if we, um, who are already, you know, in the industry or doing what we do, can quell that, you know, misconception, I think we'll go a long way towards expanding the pool of available talent there. That that makes complete sense to me. And also, I think what's great about your group is you cannot be what you cannot see. So sometimes it's hard to have ambition when you can't see someone who looks like you in a job that you already want to do. And that obviously is what this group is doing. It's it's demonstrating that there are so many brilliant black women who already have jobs in tech Absolutely. and then helping other women do mm -hmm. that too. So we're going to, to switch topics. Um, and we don't have time to do this justice, but this is my like passion point topic, which is about women's health in the workplace. Um, and it's it's not just an invisible load. It's it's a huge invisible load that, that we have to carry. And I did a panel uh, a while back now where one of the other uh, women on the panel shared the fact that it, and this is a UK statistic. Um, black women are more likely are 40 percent more likely than white women to have a miscarriage and four times um, more likely to die during pregnancy than a white woman. And I, I, I found that uh, quite shocking. Um, I certainly had no idea that that statistic held true in the UK. And um, obviously you're a mum and you've got rheumatoid arthritis. What can, I, I, I felt like I didn't even know what to do with that statistic. So what in your experience, and I, I know you can't speak for all women, but what in your experience can organizations think about when they think about how to support black women when thinking about equity in mind and, and that sort of that healthcare gap? Right, um, I have to say that what the, the statistics you've just given was fairly new to me. Like I didn't know this yeah. um, as recent as a few years ago. And it was pretty shocking to hear that. Um, my own experience has been so different from that. And I've been so lucky that in both my pregnancies, I was, I felt like I was treated like everyone else. In fact, I was granted special attention because of my condition and all the medication I was on. Um, as, um, as you're probably aware in the UK, like the average woman gets like two scans during her pregnancy, one at, at 12 weeks and another one at 20 odd weeks or something like that. I had loads of scans, you know, every, every other week just to make sure that the baby was developing um, 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 in, a, in a healthy way and all the blood tests and all that. And it even got to a point where, you know, I was giving exactly all the information that I could, about all the things that could go wrong, including telling me that if it comes down to it, you know, and our lives were in danger, that they would choose, the doctors would choose my life over the babies. And that was a bit of a shock because that's, I never thought a, about, yeah, you know, profound, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I felt like I was well prepped. Um, I know that a lot of other women, especially black women, are not as fortunate as I, mm -hmm. as I am. Um, I, I, I guess I can say that, you know, if you are going through this or organizations dealing with this kind of this kind of thing it's just educating doctors more um, um, there are a lot of there's a lot of information out there I know what really helped me was um, joining groups um, yeah I I had my my first daughter I have to say and I'm telling my age now before Facebook <laughs> was invented or before Facebook came to the UK so it was um, it was web 
web groups, online yeah. web groups. Um, there's one called Baby Center and, you know, um, having this community with all the women who were due around the same time as me. We were trading experiences and, and, and all of that. Um, so nothing really came as a surprise to me. If you can find that community either on social media, either in or, or online, on, on websites, yeah. do that, build community around each other. And the powering community, right, we rise by lifting others. Helping, help, helping people is, I cannot is just so important. Yes. Yeah, great. So, um, coming on to our last question, uh, the onus all, shouldn't always be put on the shoulders of black people to educate us. We should, which is right, um, educate ourselves. So, what would you like anyone watching this? What's the specific action that someone could take um, that will actually make a meaningful difference? If you had one ask, right? Um, one thing I would say. For, for, for people who want to help and make a difference is listen. It sounds simple, but it can make a world of difference. All you have to do is just listen and pay attention. Um, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. um, if someone is telling you about their experiences, some I know this from from also my experience as well. When you have someone who's black narrating their own experiences of racism or discrimination, the other person who is listening just feels this guilt over them that causes them to be defensive. Right, like they're yeah. defending the whole yeah. or the, the the white race. Like no, no, that's not what we're saying. Just just listen mm -hmm. and um and arm yourself, use that information to arm yourself, like put in your pocket so that next time you know, and you know what to say, you know how to act. Um, that's it really, it, it sounds simple, but uh, it, it's a big, big help to, to people who want to raise awareness. Yeah, and be open to the feedback. That's right, that's right. don't feel like, don't feel like you have to defend yourself. Yeah. Like if if you are not racist, if you are just a normal human being trying to get by, you shouldn't have to feel guilty. No. Right? Just listen and take it in. That's yeah. all. I love that. Paul, thank you so much. Um, I am definitely uh, a super fan um, of yours. Um, I'm a super fan of women who shatter ceilings um, and you're definitely one of those women. Um, as I said before, talent is equally distributed opportunity is not. You cannot be what you cannot see and role models are vital. It's not who we are that matters. It's not about job titles, but what we actually do that counts. So I really hope everyone watching this today will go away and do something to take action and be part of a change that needs to happen. If you're white, then take action to educate yourselves because we can't always put the onus on black people to educate us. And in my experience, the more uncomfortable something feels, the more it means we have to lean in and learn. Get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And if you're a black woman who's interested in working in tech or furthering your career, please do check out Pearl's Black Women in Tech Facebook group. I'll make sure we put a link to it in the comments. Remember, we don't get to say we're on the right side unless we are actively speaking up and out for the wrong or underrepresented side. And I'm sure we'd all far rather win at work because we're the best person for the job not because over half the competition is sitting on the bench and didn't even get a chance to qualify. Pearl, thank you so much for sharing just a few small insights into what we can do to be better allies and colleagues and employers. Only the strong can be vulnerable and courage really is contagious. 
Um, so thank you for doing just that. Thank you for having me. Today and every day. Thank you.